Welcome to Her Story Podcast. Son histoire à elle, un balado bilingue qui met en valeur non seulement le succès des femmes du Québec, mais qui souligne leur pratique et vie de tous les jours. I'll be talking with creative, successful and game-changing women who are inspiring and relatable in the ordinary and extraordinary lives they lead. Hey, salut! Welcome to the Her Story Sex Series. I'm your host, Kathleen Stavert. I'll be having conversations with some pretty knowledgeable women about sex and women's health and just the conversation around women's wellness and sexuality. I want to normalize these kinds of conversation and bring some knowledge and education into, into the light. And if you want more of these types of conversations, because I do, I do, I'm raising my hand, let me know. Our first interview revolves around the Parlor Project, which has made its grand debut in Montreal. And the woman behind this multimedia performance is one of the most open-hearted women I've encountered. Artist Amber Dawn pours her heart out with all honesty and beauty, sharing with us her experience in building this massive art project from the ground up, inspired by her past as a sex worker. The Parlor Project, rooted in ritual and ceremony, asks us how much we value femininity in all of its forms. Amber will draw you into her web. She's a frequency enhancer, as she likes to put it, and it's true that the vibration in the room was higher after she left. So let your hearts and ears be open. May your eyes be wide like Amber's. Bunny Kut. Hi, Amber. Hello, Kathleen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. I am so excited to be here. So we're going to talk about many, many things. Yes. Uh, let's, <laughs> I don't know where to start. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> let's start with talking about the Parlor Project. Okay. Which is a... Can you tell me about the Parlor Project? <laughs> the Parlor Project is, um, it's a combination of things, but right now uh, it's an event that is an art installation slash photo expose slash performance ceremony with projections and installation, um, like totally immersive installation piece. Basically, I'm inviting anyone to step into my parlor and, and really have an experience of what it's like to be engaged with me as mm -hmm. an erotic object mm -hmm. and something that you will be paying for mm -hmm. by buying a ticket or buying merchandise. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a way to become a client in a, in a sense mm -hmm. um, or to just uh, watch what it could be like. And it's all done within this beautiful container of ceremony and sacredness Uh, and recognizing and honoring the divine in each of us, mm -hmm. but especially the feminine divine. This show is touches upon the commodification of the feminine divine. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Can you say more? Well, I. My experience is that our the way we've been treating our abundant giving, nurturing earth mother, the mm -hmm. original woman, the original mother is reflected in the way that we treat our women in, mm -hmm. in human form. Mm -hmm. And so we're right now we're at a time and, and I don't think this is, you can deny this, that we're just 
we're just taking, 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 and we're trying to, we're trying to make more out of something that is a gift and offering. And I believe that, um, I believe that it's okay to place a value on, on it, Mm -hmm. but I don't think the right people are placing the value on it. Mm. And I'm here to elevate the value of what we're doing. And so I believe if we start looking at the sex service, I'm I, like the feminine divine can be commodified in many ways, but let's talk about the nurturing, sensual, receiving, mm-hmm. giving energy, warm. warm. Dark, deep, I mean, yeah. people go to that space, whether you're whatever gender you are. Absolutely. It is. And we, ha- we all have it within us. Men, uh, we, it's all there. We come from it. Yeah. It right. is us. Yeah. And so... Um, I mean, a lot of my, a lot of the imagery that you'll see in the, in the performance piece will really touch on, on this. Um, but I, uh, I touch on it on all of the little stations in one way or another, but what I believe is that we're not valuing it enough that, uh, we've, we've turned the feminine divine into something that is easily replaceable and disposable. Mm. And I think by, by devaluing it, um, and I hear a lot of words of like, Oh, that's degrading. I would never degrade a woman like that. Mm -hmm. You know, well, is it degrading if it's worth a lot more? Mm. Who, who's defining the value? And Mm. so I'm, what I'm doing here is saying I'm defining the value. And you can too, but I'm going to tell you my standard is high. Okay. Because I am by birthright a part of the lineage of women who do this. And um, uh, and I'm not saying that my mother and my grandmother were sex workers, but they all come from that place of magnetism and warmth and um, something that, that, like a special gift in, in them that, that people really were connected to and, and attracted to and and it's too bad they couldn't have made some money from it because they were living in a time where they were dependent on yeah. men yeah they didn't understand what their value was yeah that's really interesting I I really see the link there between the this the the earth mother that you were talking about and the divine feminine and then just the human being that yeah. is a woman and as I mean, we're in such a sort of negative balance where we, in order to solve something, we, we are taking away things. We take away things from children. We take away money to go, you know, we, everything is taken away as opposed to positive reinforcement in a way and, and, and giving something back or, or even just like talking about like circular economy that just reinforces values as opposed to taking away or shaming values. Pride of ownership. Right. You know, if you, I mean, if you really love your car, man, you take it to the car wash every week. Mm -hmm. If you love your new phone, you put the gel case on it. You know what I mean? You don't want to drop it. Why don't we do that with the most sacred gift of all, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, I'm not devaluing men. I love men, mm-hmm. but me too. <laughs> yeah, right. But there's definitely an imbalance right now, and we're just at a time I think where where um, 
women are starting to reclaim mm-hmm. their their capacity to control their image, their capacity to exploit themselves, mm-hmm. and men and women both are struggling to mm-hmm. accept this new, like I would say, paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's happening because we can see it online. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my piece in the Parlor Project has to do with how we are dealing with this through mm-hmm. the, our online platforms. Do you feel as though at the moment there's this whole thing about mo- uh, women reclaiming their, their masculine power and women making money and women you know, becoming presidents and CEOs... And that's moving more towards a, a dominant, a masculine dominant energy as opposed to celebrating the feminine and actually resting, staying back, not always having to be out there, not always having to shout and mm. I don't think leadership and... is a masculine quality. Interesting. Matriarchs are, are, are you know, they're the real leaders. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at and you just go to Ganawage and the clan mothers are the ones that that, mm-hmm. um, that point to who the chief is going to be, the mm-hmm. traditional di- chief. Mm-hmm. You know, and when they're in council, it's the chiefs that look back at the clan mothers and say, am I saying the right things? Because the clan mothers have the right to, um, uh, what is the word? Take, revoke the privilege. Right. So, yeah. I mean... The reality is we're the ones that have the last say, but we're just not, we're, we've just been coddling men too much. We've been trying to protect them from something. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of it has to do just because of the, the physical, uh, power that men, mm-hmm. um, often express when they're frustrated mm-hmm. because women forgot to teach them the language mm-hmm. of feelings of emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's beautiful. So, um, I think right now we're just at a moment of educating that there's, n- I don't think you can define feminine versus masculine qualities and energies. It's all, um, uh, I mean, like everyone would say, like it's all inside of us. We have both, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I would conflate leadership with, with masculinity. That's a really different take on it, different look that we no one explores. Well, I feel like when you come to the show you'll well, see I'm <laughs> that's why we're talking about it. And this. you know, I I'm working with I've been working with a, an elder friend of mine. Um she's been mentoring me in ceremony and she's really been um helping me cultivate the matriarch inside of me and I'm not a mother, but I am very clearly uh um I have, I have that power inside of me and, Mm -hmm. and we need to be raising more matriarchs, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that, that, uh, to do that as a woman and to, for our bodies to understand oppression and to understand what it means to, um, to lose or to, to, have an uphill battle helps us to be better mm-hmm. leaders and more compassionate and more compassionate, yeah. more empathetic. Yeah. That's a blanket statement. There's a lot of, uh, cunts. Yeah. 
<laughs> if I can use that word. Absolutely, you can use whatever yeah. words you want um, on this podcast. <laughs> you know, and I've been one too. There, there's one in all of us, but uh, I think if, you know, if we're going to be, if if we're going to be good leaders and we have to be empathetic and Absolutely. compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. And also strong and boundaried. Yeah. Um, so there's a poem that you inspired yourself with, yeah. uh, called the, for the parlor project called the spider and the fly. It's a poem by Mary Howlett. Yeah. I'm just going to read it really quickly. So it gives yeah. context to the listeners. Yeah. So it's the spider and the fly. Will you walk into my parlor? Said the spider to the fly. Tis the prettiest little parlor that, that you ever did spy. The way into my parlor is a winding stair, and I've a many curious things to show you when you are there. Oh, no, no, said the little fly. To ask me is in vain, for who goes up your winding stair can ne'er come down again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> and then you say, I found this so interesting, and I, and I want to talk to you in person about it. You said that... Sometimes when you were inviting clients in that you were the spider and sometimes you were the fly when you felt as though the person needed to, um, go ahead. To dominate. To dominate. Right. Yeah. That you, that they wanted to be able to seduce you. you. Yeah. Um, but mostly you were the web for the, for the most part. Yeah. My first question about that is that have you always been that much in control has there always been a sense of knowing very like very intentionally what you are doing and what your role is in all aspects of your life not just not just the work but mm-hmm. i just feel like that's a very uh self-aware statement for something can, that can probably be so complicated and life can be so like gray and yeah have you always felt so much in control um, I'm never in control, and I think that's why I realize I'm the web. Is that I'm I'm my, and I think that's all of us. We're all actually the web. We're all reflecting and projecting these like these articulations off of each other wherever the wherever the the thread connects. Mm-hmm. And um, however, I grew up thinking that the dynamic, the dynamic, the archetype that I was taught was which is the one in the spider and the fly poem, which is women, the the sexual, sensual women of power are unsavory and they are there to seduce and destroy because men, uh, you know, will, will eat you first if you don't eat them. Right. So you got to be on top of your shit. And is what we learned. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was blessed with a beautiful body and face Mm -hmm. and, um, and that, you know, is a double-edged sword as a woman in life. Um, but I, for some reason, like I, I carried that idea of who I was, was this creature who would, who, who had this power to me. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a, it was a form of power. And then when I got into the work, a lot, a lot of the men needed to feel um, bigger, stronger, in control. And so I would relax. I would just do whatever they thought. Uh, that, But what I realized is that um, they're really... Uh, 
in all of my life, if I'm doing, if I'm doing my life well, then I, I am just creating a frequency. I'm establishing a frequency to harmonize with everyone around me. Hmm. That's a really great intention to have to live yeah. your life. And not in a way that is um, unboundaried. That's something no, it's gotta be, that's yeah. part of the learning of yeah. going from spider to fly to web. But um, that I have, those with the greatest tools have the greatest responsibility. And because I've gained all of these tools on purpose, I worked for them, because I gained them and I have to use them properly. And, and, and so um, in the work, it's really, I find it's interesting because you just don't exist. Your job is to not exist. You are a fantasy. Mm-hmm. You are playing a role. There is a lot of truth in who in who you present and how you do it. Just like playing a part. You're always mm-hmm. in any art that we do. We're we're um, you know we're, we're we bring ourselves to the story. Mm-hmm. But there is a, a a cloak or a mask or a yeah. There's there's something you're being over, paid for yeah. a customized experience. Right. I was being, I'm being yeah. paid. I was being paid for customized experience. Well, I'm an actor, so, you know. So, yeah. So, you know, too. <laughs> Me, too. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, uh, I think shape-shifting, people, people think it's not okay to be a shape-shifter, but I think it's uh, actually a really, it's a good skill to have and um, doesn't mean you're not you because mm-hmm. who you are has nothing to do with the archetype you're wearing. Mm-hmm. We are the web. We're all just connected. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't matter what hat you're wearing that day mm-hmm. or what mask or you know. And was this something that you knew, like your skills and, and this whole idea of the web, the spider and the fly and being able to move within all of that. When you first started, were you able to identify that? or Or has this been something that you've learned over the years I've learned to survive that way as a young girl I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. I think women have to that's a survival mechanism um, you know I was taught to walk with a lot of confidence when I go down the street so people so men don't rape me mm-hmm. and I've traveled extensively that way and I, and it doesn't happen people don't go near me because I I, I uh, but then um, I have actually I was sexually assaulted at a religious conference in Toronto oh from um, from a swami, a doctor, because I fell prey to, you know, I, I became vulnerable. I mm-hmm. was excited about something. I something in in our meeting um, engaged with the little girl inside of me that just really wants to be liked and special, and so. Uh, you know, there's like you, and that's all. Usually... There's no one way of yeah. of, of being, and yeah. um, and it's and it's not your fault. I think no. that's another thing. Like it's not. I just I yeah I'm saying it, that because I just want to make that clear to like so many to the listeners, so many people that it's it wasn't my fault. And you know what happened in the end of that, and I'm happy to talk about it. Is that um. It was only a tickle and a massage. Like he turned the blessing into. He's like, I want to give you a blessing, and he, and he um, it turned into massage and tickle, and he wanted to kiss. And I said, I've never had a blessing with so much touching before. It's, I'm uncomfortable. 
And when it was over, I went straight, I went straight to a women's, um, group at the conference. I cleansed in some blessed water and I went straight to the police and I charged him with sexual assault and I had to go to the Toronto police department and file and do a victim statement with detectives interrogating me. And I said to the woman who's detective, am I overreacting? It feels like for a tickle, I shouldn't be having a man arrested. And she said, no, he had predator written all over him. You did the right thing by removing him from the conference and going into that experience. I knew I was going into that experience Mm -hmm. and I kind of felt like I was one of those sirens on the beach calling in the sailor. Mm. Okay, sure. When the prey becomes the predator, you know, I kind of, I did that. I kind of trapped him. It was almost like I went through all the motions. I went through the the motions sincerely. Yeah. Because I, 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 I wanted to believe what was happening that was real. I wanted to trust him, but I also had my spidey senses and, um, and in the past I might've not done anything, but this time I, I did this and it wasn't, it felt extreme, the response to have him arrested, but, uh, it wasn't just having him arrested. It was telling any person who was involved in the experience that they were not allowed to do anything Unless yeah. I said so. And I yeah. controlled, I, I directed uh, this, this whole experience. It was all, and I would love for, to tell women or men, you have the power to not let anyone control how, the, how you decide to play out um, mm-hmm. a situation like that. Right. And it was very empowering to me. The spider, in a way. The spider. Yeah, yeah. the spider in, in the deep, dark web of things yeah. he thought he was the spider i thought i was the fly but guess what yeah the web yeah, the spider, yeah. and um yeah so i don't know what the question was but no it, <laughs> well the the question was just about sort of how how you developed those skills oh, going into yeah. the work and and if and if you've always had that sort of spidey always... sense does that yeah, are, do, yeah what does so. where does that come from does it come from your parents or ancestors or I think so my mom is a, such a sensual magnetic human but she's also a tough cookie and she she doesn't take shit she gives shit she's a bully sometimes like the you know she's so sweet uh, um I don't know it's just always been inside of me mm-hmm. but I've always been dedicated to my spiritual growth so the skills I've developed have been slow building and I'm almost 40 now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh man. And it takes time. Yeah. Those things. Yeah. And a time. lot of mistakes and oh, a yes. lot of, uh, and a lot of awkward situations and, and yeah, that lead yeah. to, and what I've learned is, you know, whatever, whatever skill I'm working on, I've decided to work on. I'm just presented with a million opportunities to practice and, and I know I'm, I'm doing it well because it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts to do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different neuro pathway, different, yeah. different way of looking at the world and thinking about things and it's not comfortable at all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So this is a bit of a segue okay. into the next into the next question, which is great because I I wonder in in your spiritual growth, mm-hmm. um, what the sort of rituals and um, mm-hmm. and ceremonies that you do in your spiritual growth? Because from what I've been reading about the Parlor Project, is that the not just the creating of the show, but the the whole experience itself will be, and as you said, based in 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 ceremony and ritual yeah. and tradition and 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 a lot and you're also in, influenced by a lot of the indigenous process of of of, of ritual and mm-hmm. and ceremony. So has that been something that's been a part of your life? Yes, I have been a ceremony keeper since I was four years old. Okay. Um, when we had to bury my first puppy, and I told my parents that we need to we need to have a ceremony was my words. And um, since then, I became uh, a lay chaplain with the Unitarian um, yeah. Church, uh, and so I, I was a ceremony. I would marry people and bury people. Wow. I would perform um, house blessings and child naming ceremony, and from there, uh, you know, I mean, just this, just this summer, I did my grandmother's celebration of life, and I married my best friend, mm-hmm. and um, and all the little ceremony in between that I've learned from my mentors and um, just growing up with a, a very, um, just in a spiritual home. I, my, I'm, I was lucky that my, my mother is, uh, she's just ceremonial in general. And I live with, you know, my parents are artists. So, you know, everything mm-hmm. feels like a ceremony. A ceremony. Here's your dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be really great. And uh, um, so, and then I was the worship coordinator at my church, and mm. um, and I have been a practicing Taoist and Buddhist since I was fourteen. Wow! So my spiritual practice is uh, daily. Um, it's not consistently the same thing every time, uh, but uh, what I would what I would normally do in the morning, if I had the time, is have my coffee. Um, do just read a couple pages from whatever sources I'm I'm interested in at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a five minute journal of some sort, mm-hmm. gra- some gratitude, some future self journaling, uh, some affirmation. Uh, I call I call it a prayer book. Really, mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm writing down my conversations with God and or Creator. And really, what I'm actually doing is redefining the frequency. And establishing the frequency for myself. Mm-hmm. It's going back to basics. So every morning I try to come back to the center of beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And I wake yeah. up and I say, creator, guide my feet and clear my path every day. And uh, as long as I accept that whatever's happening is either me being directed or me um, dealing with letting go of the things that aren't serving me. Uh, I'm then, you know, for me, all of that is just a practice. Life is just a practice of spiritual acceptance. That's beautiful. Yeah. And also just in, just in our fast paced lives. I mean, you say if you, you know, if you have the time and very rarely do we all, each and every one of us take the time to do something like that, that someone else may just call like 
regrounding. You know, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. even have to be this big like yeah. conversation with the universe. Like whatever you name it, it can be yeah. just regrounding, recentering, and like you say, like um, sort of aligning your frequency to yeah to creator to source to whatever. And what I is. would say that I think people, I think the the Western, I don't know. Um, the colonized mind is that everything has to be done a particular way. Mm-hmm. And so what, what has been happening with me with, with, uh, with Sharon, who's my mentor is she reminds me that, um, it's not about protocol. Mm-hmm. It's just about tuning into the moment and providing the doorways to open into spirit world. Mm-hmm. And so, um, now I find myself, um, in ceremony and not even realizing it yeah. and having moments where I realize this is the ceremony and then I name it so that people understand this is what we're doing. But, um, you know, like even last night I filmed for my documentary, uh, my best friend made a five foot by four foot life-size nude painting of me taking a selfie. Oh my God. Wow. And it's going up in the Bricks Gallery. Wow. It's the most beautiful thing. I, cr- I fell to the floor crying when I saw it. But before we unveiled it, we all stood in the ceremony to just make sure that this was a sacred moment. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. you're bringing that sense of ceremony and ritual into the the experience that yeah. you're creating which is the parlor project yeah. i mean i've preached many times and you know i've i i do ceremony yeah it's a regular part of my life so you've talked a little bit about what a person can experience when they walk in but yes. can you delve a little bit more into just that that whole uh yeah being in a ritual and I cannot wait to go into the space because just from meeting you and, and learning more about you, I can imagine it's just going to be this like hyper, like super high vibe in like full of so much. You'll know <laughs> you're like, in the parlor. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'll be in the web. I'm like, whoa, this web, there's yeah. a lot to go. Yeah. I, okay. So I mean, without, you know, I'm no not spoilers give too much or anything, away. but what is, mm. what has come from, from your, your long past and ceremony and ritual that's, that's led up to now to the parlor project? Well, let me say that this whole thing started with when I, I returned from Montreal from a, a relationship that ended suddenly. Uh, and I had, I, I was kind of catapulted back into my life in Montreal and, uh, had to start over again and because of that I started doing the sex work and some voice inside of me said why don't you start taking a selfie before you go in to the client and why don't you take a selfie after just so that you can discern what's happening here and um and I listened to that voice and I collected a body of work over the past year and a half um and so we're going to be able to witness this body of work in one form or another. I'm not going to say how, but um, uh, the audience will be able to engage with whatever their whatever story they have mm-hmm. between the before and afters. And sometimes the during, you say. And sometimes during. The during yeah. But I will not say 
what the story is right because i'm fascinated by the reflections and projections that we all have and yeah. so all i'm doing is providing the sign the the sign is the photos mm-hmm. and the signifier is the words like you know before and after mm-hmm. and we all know going in what you know gonna... the basic story is that i got paid for sex mm-hmm. or someone paid that's me for sex yeah. that's 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 a that's the fact but what happened the 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 image the 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 movie in the mind that happens mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. be different for everyone and i can say that because selecting <laughs> these before and afters from the 1800 pieces of visual oh, data i had my goodness was very difficult wow. i could not archive ask, work i couldn't ask anyone to help me because you, i could not everyone was like well i would choose this one because of this and someone would say a totally different thing for the same photo so uh, so I knew, I knew it's really not about me mm-hmm. again, just the web, just here to reflect and project whatever's going on in you. Mm-hmm. It's about the viewer. It's really. about the viewer. You know, returning here was, was really difficult for me. It was quite traumatic. And I had... You were returning from where? Uh, Vancouver. From Vancouver. Okay. Um, I had many traumas happen in a row that were preventing me from being able to... Uh, get a job I also don't speak French you know yeah. there's there's a lot of uh, um, there was a lot of things I just needed to heal from mm-hmm. and the only thing that I want to do is make art and be in community to make art and help people express themselves and so I was doing the work to have enough money so that I had enough time to mm-hmm. recover and heal from my traumas mm-hmm. and make art in the process. Mm-hmm. This show, um, so I just used whatever money I could get right. to just help me survive. Um, just just uh, pay the rent, yeah. basically. Yeah. My like a, so many artists, right? Like yeah. just taking whatever they Or students they yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was more like, because I valued myself quite high, so I I don't have I didn't have to do the work a lot to get enough money to get through. Mm-hmm. But I will say that my mom also donated a big chunk oh, uh, as as a as a, a gift of belief. Oh, that's in beautiful. What I'm doing. That's amazing. Yeah, great. So yes, I'm. Um, and you know there will be some of my clients who are coming. Mm-hmm. to the show they're very excited about it uh the ones that i've kept around yeah you know as friends yeah uh because we had a really nice open honest relationship but because i had my um injury i'll say i just you know no longer no longer in in that space anymore i'm really now just dedicated to to telling the story mm-hmm. your background is in art um, from birth, yeah. So my my family are they're all artists. Um, are you from Vancouver? I'm from Sarnia. You're from Ontario. Sarnia, okay. yeah, from yeah. Brights Grove. Yeah, yeah. My, my uh my godmother was from Sarnia. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I probably know her. That's <laughs> a small place. Um, yeah. Um, I I remember went... how it like rhymed. It rhymed with Narnia. Narnia. Yeah, that's everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've just been creating my whole life. I was in the theater. Uh, since I was 
14, I think. I did like 22 shows on and off stage between 14 and 18. I was even on the board of directors of the, the little theater there. Oh, fun. Um, I've always painted, paint murals. Um, I've made my own clothes. I've, wow. Uh, little movies. And then I got into documentary. I went to, to Concordia for communications. Okay. I, my, my goal was to make documentaries about restorative justice practices because mm. I'm, a, I'm just uh, really fascinated by repairing harm mm-hmm. and, and healing, peacemaking. Mm-hmm. And, and how the current judicial system isn't, is failing, it's failing. everybody, us all. Yeah. It's failing us all. Yeah. And so because of that, I, then I, I started minoring in First people Studies but I only finished two years of university before moving to Vancouver. Um, but I am only referring to myself as an artist now. Okay. Um, it's a really scary thing to say yeah. about yourself. Yeah. Uh, but now I, I think, I think even like the process of doing this show, uh, it has helped me legitimize um, the confidence in myself as as an artist and yeah. the the people in my close circle who I've who have been in the process with me uh, are and a couple of them are um, world class artists. Mm-hmm. They see what I'm doing mm-hmm. and they and they've given me the feedback that this is real. Mm-hmm. So, well, the pro- I mean me. the promotion that you're doing on it, just like from follow- following you on Facebook. Uh, I mean, you're doing so much work behind it and I imagine that you're working on it like all the time all all the time even like even in your dreams probably and um yeah but that a lot of your posts have been especially on Instagram they've been taken down or yeah or you're not you can't you're not allowed to be public I've been shadow banned on Instagram which means no one outside my my circle can find me or um, I'm just sitting here shaking my head because yeah. I cannot believe it. Yeah, none of my hashtags uh, reach anyone uh, outside my circle. Well, what kind of hashtags do you have? Like, can you say that? Like today you can or say yesterday? Them. I mean, you can't. You can say that. Yesterday, <laughs> I ha- I hashtagged Montreal artists, Montreal events, Montreal art, and you couldn't. And there was no impressions from hashtags. So, and I'm not talking about... That's absurd. None of my imagery is, is obscene. They're all, not at all. They're all artistic. Um, I cover the nipple. Um, uh, I, you know, I talk about being a former sex worker, but I'm speaking about the project over and over again. But I've not only been shadow banned from Instagram, I also have not been able to get insured for the event uh, to get my liquor license. So expect some nice warm green tea served by the geisha herself. Wow. Yes. And, um, well, look, that's, that's, that's a beautiful, that's a positive, I suppose. You know, know, maybe the experience should be sober anyway. I don't know. Holding a warm cup. Yeah. But it's just so telling though. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the amount of images that we see every single day, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on television, whether it's you know, in other types of media, like there's just so many images that are sexualized just for the sake of being sexualized, yeah. just for the sake of uh, just, shock, of shock yeah. value. And that and is, I love those too. I love them. It's fine. It, whatever, yeah. like, but <laughs> whatever it is and, and to, you know, to each their own, but that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm under the impression that you're not trying to shock anybody no. with your images. 
No, and just so you know, like, there is no obscene images in the before and afters. It's just selfies. Right. I'm just it's talking. It's not like, yeah. I'm just talking about selfies. It's not like um, porn. It's not like- some of them are suggestive. Um, and even just getting my t-shirts printed, uh, I had, I, my accounts were restricted. I had to call a couple times. I'm not going to say the names of the companies. I'm not here to make war. I'm here to make peace. Um, but these companies, when I'm done with this, I'm going to invite them to be in my documentary to refine their policy, to to have a conversation with me. What were your t-shirts? The image of my lips, the, which right. is my brand for the show, um, which is me in the shower. It's just my lips, a yeah. close-up, my big, beautiful pink lips dripping yeah. in water. No, it's it's amazing. It's I don't even understand. Yes, it might be suggestive, but again... But they thought it was violent. They said that the image was too violent. Wow. And I said, who made that decision and why didn't anyone call me? But it's really interesting that, like you just said, it's it's not about you. It's about the viewer, right? Exactly. And there we go. This is the very first example of yeah. the viewer and the the uh, the business putting their own product, projection onto and, the image. And an example of oppression. Like that is, a, that is bureaucratic and systemic oppression by not ensuring someone to have their voice mm-hmm. and by not allowing a woman to um, be engaged in business, entrepreneurial spirit, um, and not even having the conversation. You know, it was a decision made for me without me. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. and so it only adds to my message. <laughs> so thank you, companies. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Thank you, companies, because now we have an opportunity to refine our policy mm-hmm. because the act of not allowing me to print t-shirts and sell them to fundraise for my nonprofit women's art collective through a show that is about the oppression of women mm-hmm. is an act of violence and oppression itself. Absolutely. I wonder if your show is about fitness. Like, what if you had a fitness show and you're showing off your abs? Or what if I just, it was burlesque. What if I just said burlesque? Yeah. What, you know? But I think the thing is people, especially the insurance thing, I'll go to that, is that the this the idea of sex workers is a crime it's a criminal thing and so the the lumping of this archetype Mm -hmm. is fit with people who are bad people Mm -hmm. which is why i will not sneak in alcohol i follow the rules you know like there's no i'm not allowing any opportunity Mm -hmm. to um to be uh associated with something with the archetype with the with the assumption have you had to spend a lot of your time as a sex worker explaining or justifying or re-educating people on what the the whole scope like it's not it's not just crackheads on on, you know like the whole scope of what that entails have you had to spend a lot of time explaining or or have you just been no, I, this is this is what I do. Um, I've all my my closest circle has always been very supportive, and I mean I I'm I've always just been who I am. Uh, uh, just disclosing the sex work in like a new to a new boyfriend or or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I would be uh, you know, careful. It's delicate for sure. Um, but not now. 
uh, August 1st, I launched, I soft launched what I was doing. People have been kind of curious online, like what's going on here for the almost two years that this has been happening. Wow. And, and then August 1st, when I let, I, you know, I made it known it was the raw, like the, it with the energy I felt I was exposed. That was it. There's no turning back. It's on the internet. Yeah. Or not, if it's taken down. Well, I have my yeah. website. Yeah. I have my friends who are posting. Mm-hmm. But um, but now everyone knows. And How's that felt? You know, by being vulnerable, I am invulnerable. It is the strongest power I have ever felt in my life. And mm-hmm. I'm a pretty centered woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it's, I got a whole take it or leave it attitude. And it it was like, it felt like a coming out. I Mm -hmm. I had to tell my dad Mm. who has been so supportive. My stepdad is even writing a testimonial for me. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. The process. I mean, I, I've, again, I've read, (laughs) but, (laughs) but the process of the parlor project has helped you. Uh, as you put in your words, crystallize the ideas that you have of, of sort of like your your absolute self, um, of your upbringing, your relationships, art, you know, art archetypes, power, sexuality, and what have you found? Have you drawn any conclusions? What what has crystallized for you? It's all love. Don't worry. Mm. It's all love. Mm. It's the only way to soften hearts is to be soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And um, and go with that flow. Go where the energy is. There's no, there's no point in banging my head against a brick wall. I'm not going to fight for insurance. I'm going to go where the love is mm-hmm. and expand there. So this is, you're the first episode of a series that I'm doing for the podcast on, on, uh, on sexual health, sexuality, sex education, women's wellness. And I really appreciate your contribution on this. When it comes to your own sexual health and sexuality, when do you feel the most powerful or in charge or grounded in my sexuality yeah or when it just comes to yourself i mean we're all sexual beings so when it just <sighs> i tell you to your wellness or when you're in the work you're having everyone else's sex you're not having your mm-hmm. own yeah like you said you're you're playing a role you're playing a role and it made me see that as a woman I pretty much have done that my entire life, whether I was getting paid or not. Mm. And I just asked to finally receive something that was for me. Mm. And, um, and that has been, that has come to me. Um, I think because I've just been able to be so honest Mm -hmm. and I think I think our health is really connected to our honesty with ourselves and the world at the base core. All of our traumas, 
all the stories we tell ourselves, all the ways we protect, all the ways that aren't working anymore that used mm-hmm. to work in the past, those are what build up our our unhealth as a way to protect us. And the more we can just get down and say, that's not true. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. It's all love. The more I get down to that core with with just beautiful honesty, mm-hmm. not brutal, Mm-hmm. beautiful honesty radical acceptance mm-hmm. that's when I feel alive and a part of creation because I think it was Richard Wagamese that said nothing in the universe ever grew from the outside in hmm. and 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 it just your our true health I believe comes from keeping this tube clean the tube as in the human body Mm -hmm. the tube that goes from the mouth to you know where to our butt and our you know and our 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 other our private parts and so the way we talk the way we eat and the way we fuck those are all our three spiritual practices and if you can stay honest with those things I think you are in the greatest health Mm -hmm. of your life And you know it because when you're blocked, you're blocked. And you can tell if you're blocked by the way you're eating, by the way you're speaking, and by the way you're able to intimately connect with another human. Mm -hmm. And that's all a channel of energy that goes in and out of us. Yeah, and that comes back to the... The, the frequency. The frequency. Like the, the creating of frequency and alignment yeah. is yeah. just all... I so agree. It's, it's such a process yeah. of becoming the most honest with yourself. It's such a process as... I notice as I get older that the old, old ways and the old lies and stories that I've yeah. told myself are no longer serving me in any way and probably yeah. haven't been serving me for years. Clear my path, yeah. right? Even mm-hmm. clear my path with the lies I tell myself those way too painful yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know what would you like to see for sex workers um money (laughs) better money Mm -hmm. better autonomy um you know i think like in all professions and trades there there are the good ones and there are the ones that are not so good i think it depends on the energy you put into it Mm -hmm. um but i what I would like to see is an internal regulation. I would like to see women being more supportive of each other. The ones who are supportive of each other do more. Great. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really... Uh, I, 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 hope for, I hope for more self-love and for whatever that thing is that we're searching for, that external validation. I mean, most sex workers are women who... I'm not like this is a blanket statement, but who have been traumatized in one way or another and are searching some sort of external validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's great. That's a great healing path to go on. Uh, I just I, I, I hope that they just find the, 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 the queen inside of themselves, mm-hmm. the, the, the royal, the divine, you know, whatever that looks like. And you mentioned yeah. briefly that you have a female arts collective called oh, the yeah. Wolf Lab. You should come. Yeah, I've I've 
I mean, I follow you. I mean, I'm, I'm in the group on Facebook and what you guys are doing seems amazing. It's a matter of time. You know? Yeah. Like, well, that's for everyone too. So, um, I, I host, I founded, uh, and I'm a member. Um, so basically I facilitate, um, this nonprofit. It's a group of women that get together every other Tuesday and, um, it's evolved over time, but right now what we're doing is focusing on whoever has a project and really helping that person get their dream in order. Wow. So wow. right now it's the parlor project and it's overlapping with, uh, another member who's, she's starting, um, her own vintage clothing line. Uh, uh, and, uh, so while we're, while tonight we're going to go and put up posters for the parlor project, we're also going to talk about strategy for like, what are the next steps to get her going on like location and dates and like, what are her needs? So, so once the parlor project is over, we're all going to turn our heads and look toward this and but we're going to use all of the skills and talents of everyone in the group. So yeah. some of them are photographers or want to learn photography. And some people are really, really skilled at marketing or, or learning. You know, everything is an opportunity. I, I'm always like, if anyone wants to practice marketing and promotions, you wow, know, here's yeah. your chance. We're all just beginners. So yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And, uh, and some people take the call to action. And some people prefer to stay a little bit back. But we have a... You know, we do a little ceremony when we get together and um, we plan an activity that is creative and collaborative uh, and we share a meal and uh, That yeah. sounds amazing. And and the work that I do with them because I'm just older than everyone, I'm they call me Mama Wolf. <laughs> Uh, it's we're called the Wolf Lab, and because we're the women who run with wolves, yeah, creation yep. collab, got that. Yeah, we refer to ourselves as the Wolf yep. Lab, and we're a little pack, and they call me uh, Mama Wolf, Wolf, which I hate. Makes <laughs> me feel like, but it's true. I Better than cougar. <laughs> I prefer white wolf, but that's okay. Um, they, uh, you know, I take each one of them, and I and I try to instill in them the things that I've learned that are specific to that person, mm -hmm. you know? And if I see something in them that I think needs to de be developed, I I personally do that with them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like enhancing their skills and yeah. and self-development. Yeah. And... I mean, I wish someone... I, I mean, I have that now with, with Sharon, but I don't have... I I can't say I never had that. I, I won't say I've never had that. But... Uh, it feels very, this is very intentional. Yeah. It's very, um, everything that we're doing has a point to yeah. it. So can anyone get in touch with the Wolf Lab? Any women who's interested? Yeah. On Facebook? Can yeah, Can they absolutely. just contact, go to the Facebook page and... Yeah, contact and us. Contact you. Um, you know, we're in Montreal right now, but yeah. if someone wants to start another right. chapter, yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Um, you know, my goal is to have membership fees right now it's free but like yeah. you know we're just building right now yeah. but I think it's I think that it's important and one of the things that I um one of the main things about this group is that we only deal with what you bring yeah so if you're not bringing it we're not doing it yeah, so yeah. uh to invest in something you love is something that women I, I think are learning how to do in a bigger way yeah so well it sounds really uh, proactive dynamic. Proactive, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. accountability. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's Amazing. responsibility. 
there's there's you know ownership but one of the things we do in our first circle when we start the day is uh we we introduce ourselves and then we say what we brought and what we wish to receive and you know once you hear what someone needs to receive that day then you give that to them yeah yeah that's beautiful yeah can you answer this question with one word okay or actually complete the sentence with one word okay you ready yeah Amber is a vehicle for love and creation. That's two words. Two words. <laughs> creation. No, love. Love and creation works. Even if it's two words, it's so right. hard. Love and creation. Well, it is one of my my prayers. I am an open channel of love and creation. I joyfully give from my overflowing reservoir. I love that. Amber, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. This is so beautiful. It was so wonderful. You're just, (sighs) there's so much. There's so, you're so rich. You're so, (laughs) there's just so much in there. Um, I know people can't find you on Instagram, unfortunately, but parlor project, you can get tickets. You can go to your website, which I will be putting in the show notes, parlorproject.com. Yes. The parlor project, the parlorproject.com. And the show is September 19th to the 28th in St. Henry, Mm -hmm. uh, 8 PM showing every night. Um, and the Sunday is a matinee at 3 PM. Great. I'll put this all on the show notes. Amazing. And I can't, I personally cannot wait to see it. I can't wait to have you there. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you.